Hi, good Friday, brothers and sisters. Good Friday was the day that Jesus tortured, died, and was crucified on a cross. How is that good? Good Friday is a perfect name because the suffering death of Jesus, as terrific and bad as it was, marked the peak of God's plan of redemption for his human family. Their sin. Furthermore, the Easter holiday just won't exist without a Good Friday. The name Good Friday is a great name because the suffering death of Jesus marked the culmination of God's plan to redeem us, his people, honored from him. One thing I hadn't considered when I was in my study was that Pilate had tried to compromise with the Jewish leaders about Jesus. Pilate was really satisfied with merely beating him. But that act of unjust cruelty didn't satisfy the Sanhedrin. So they then ruled execution and handed Jesus over to Pilate for crucifixion. Knowing of a certain death, the Roman guards cruelly and jokingly mock him. They placed a purple robe on his shoulders, which was a sign of symbolized royalty, a king. And they hung a sign on top of his head on the cross that Jesus Nazareth, King of the Jews. The Lord then had to exclude this after being tortured to understand this. He excruciatingly carried the cross to Golgotha, or the place of the skull, which is what Golgotha means. But he had a little help from Simon of Serene. After being hung on the cross, they came by and stabbed him in the chest. Why would they do that? He's already dead. Actually, that was the Roman way of ensuring death. Because when you die, something called anemia happens, and the, the fluids pull down to the bottom of your lungs. And that's why when they, when they jabbed him, water and blood flew out. They knew he was dead. So I'll cover it again. Why do they call it Good Friday? It's simple. Jesus redeemed all of us, God's children here on earth, back to our Father. Jesus was absolutely sinless and perfect sacrifice. And he was killed for all mankind's redemption. This day was anything but good for Jesus, but the result of it for him as well as us 
was extraordinarily, wonderfully great. Thank you.
sweats drops of blood, and, and he begs his father for an easier alternative way. Father, maybe this is a tough night. Come on to me. Jesus turns back to his friends. His friends. And what are they doing? They're sleeping. And there's a, a foreboding chill of loneliness. Loneliness must be engulfing him. I've been at the bedside of many a person that experiences loneliness. Loneliness. Ahead lies humiliating ridicule. The head crushing crown of thorns. I remember times growing up on the farm we bail hay and for a while I'd go without gloves and always thistles that would remind me of my mortality, the pain, and remind me of the horrendous humiliation and ridicule, the head-crushing crown of thorns that they embedded upon Jesus' forehead, that horrible pain of nail, nail-pierced flesh, and, and that spear that was thrust into his side. How the weight of sin of the world heaped upon him, your sin, my sin, and the terrible combat. It was a combat of evil with Satan and all his devils and demons in the dungeons of the darkest of dark. In all this and more, more than we'll ever comprehend and know. And then Jesus faces the next day with, with apprehension. All eternity hangs on his decisions. He sweats drops of blood out of his decision in blood. He knows without doubt that the cross, the cross and death are the only ways, according to Mark chapter 14, verses 1 to 41. He then walks into that, into what some call Black Friday. Black Friday. All that he foresaw on, on Thursday night became a reality on Friday, as, as was prophesied by Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 7. He is despised. He is rejected. He hath borne our griefs, he has carried our sorrows, he is wounded, wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, and yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb for the slaughter in the midst of his indictment but he opened not his mouth. Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 7. Now the four Gospels tell of Jesus' abuse on Black Friday. The darkness, the darkness of midday until 3 p.m., the drugged wine, the loud cry, the earth chattering, and finally Jesus' death. We'll be getting into end of the story. But I give you a brief synopsis. Then that, that sober Saturday is filled with the tears of grief and unbelief and hopelessness and, and an uncertain future without their friend and without their leader, Jesus, according to Mark 16, verses 1 through 8. But we praise God. But we praise God for the dawning of Sunday that that moment in that morning of truth that the stone is rolled away and the black clouds have dispersed and, and Jesus is lying. Death could not hold Jesus. He has risen, triumphing over sin and death. He brings with him joy and peace and hope and forgiveness of sins and eternity for all who 
would receive him according to Mark chapter 18, verses 1 through 20. And Jesus has kept his promise according to John chapter 12, verse 32. That was once a mystery that he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all, all into myself. Jesus knew when he was lifted up on the cross, humankind would look and, and listen, and that is resurrection, that they would be drawn to him. And this is the eternal turning point. Jesus had been lifted up. And he's drawing all unto himself. It, it's available. It's available to all who desire. To have made that eternal decision. Now is the day of salvation. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. Now is the day. Now is the day. Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we Christians in prayer. As we enter into those high and holy days of commemorating the death and resurrection of Christ that, that all who believe in him should not perish. That that indictment was an indictment against us. But we can have everlasting life. It's, it's fitting that we understand exactly what was the Last Supper. The traditional Christian concept of the Last Supper is Christ having dinner with his disciples and instituting communion. The bread, the grape juice, the sacrament, but it's far deeper and more meaningful than it appears. For Christ, a Jewish rabbi, a Jewish teacher, was in Jerusalem to partake in the Passover, the liberation of the Jews by Moses from Ramses. It was the first of the spring feasts instituted by God after the exodus from Egypt, God's people were instructed to observe this holy convocation forever and ever throughout generations, according to Leviticus 23. And the Last Supper was actually a Passover seder, the, the ritual celebration of the retelling of the exodus from Egypt. And as recorded in Luke chapter 22, Verse 15, Jesus said unto them, With desire, with desire, I desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. The Savior requires four cups. Four cups of grape juice symbolizing various acts of God in relationship with his people. The cups in order are the cup of sanctification, cup of redemption and the cup of praise. And also is required is eating in the matzah, the, the unleavened bread that is pierced with many holes and it's also, also referred to as the bread of affliction. The bread of indictment. Luke and Matthew recall the actual holes in the order of the cedar ceremony as administered by Jesus. And he took the bread from matzah, and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it unto them saying, this is my body. My body which is given for you this do in remembrance of me. Luke 22, 19. And after the cedar dinner, Christ administered the cup of redemption, the bitter herbs of indictment and mustard and likewise also the cup after they supped, saying, This cup, this cup is a New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Luke 22, 20. And also in Matthew 26, 29, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins, that Christ nailed our sins to the cross. Christ was crucified and died, while the lambs were being sacrificed for the Passover. As is written in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 7, for indeed Christ, our Passover was sacrificed for us. Not a bone was broken in his body as was required of the Passover lamb. In Numbers chapter 9, 12, as recorded in John chapter 19, 
saw that Jesus was already dead, they did not break his leg. The Passover cedar emblems of the bread, the matzah, and the grape juice symbolically represented Christ's body and blood given for the remission of sins. The telling of the Passover relates to God's plan of salvation for humankind is fulfilled by Christ's death and resurrection. Each part of the Passover cedar points to Christ and the work of Christ in our salvation now into the end of days. There are so many wonderful aspects of the Passover cedar that bring clear understanding of Christ's work of salvation. And as we represent and symbolically present our sins on the cross and nail our sins to the cross that you bore, that your body was broken and your blood was shed. May we truly repent as we pray together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. Help me to live for you. Forgive my sins. Come into my heart and mind. Empower me, 